Okay, 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 okay. Here we go. Welcome to Dear So-and-So, a phone call between friends where we offer up advice that no one has asked us for. As always, we'll read some of our favorite advice column questions and give our unsolicited opinions. I'm Alyssa Bloomstein. And I'm Steph Karp. Welcome to Dear So-and-So. Welcome. This is from Slate. It is not signed. Okay. My husband got laid off during the pandemic. He worked in the travel industry and went into a full-bore midlife crisis tailspin. We're in our mid-30s, and I guess he came to the conclusion that he hated many aspects of his life. Word. Yeah. His (laughs) Got it. His response has been to make noise about starting a restaurant. He seems (laughs) genuinely excited about the idea of building a community space, hosting group events, and helping people connect over food. Yeah, who wouldn't? Obviously. I love that he's so excited and passionate about this. Honestly, more animated than I've seen him in years, but fruity. I think this is an awful idea. Three restaurants just closed within 10 minutes of us due to the pandemic. My husband has literally, and I think they mean this literally, Literally. (laughs) no experience in food service or management, let alone starting up a new venture. He has never taken a business course and couldn't even tell you what a profit margin is. We have a two-year-old, though we're okay income-wise because my job is stable and pays well. We cannot afford to fund his pipe dream. (laughs) I've tried gently injecting some reality into the conversation, but my husband just spouts platitudes from Instagram influencers he follows. (laughs) Oh, man. That's the best part. Wait, quote unquote, if you aren't sacrificing for your dreams, they will only remain dreams and says I'm being unsupportive of his goals. I'm getting more and more frustrated trying to dialogue with a man treating me like the roadblock to him achieving self-actualization rather than a rational partner trying to ensure our family is financially stable in the midst of economic turmoil. We are deeply in love, but I feel like I no longer recognize my husband. (laughs) What in the world should I do? Yeah, I have a very, I just know exactly how to answer this. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, after years of experience with this very phenomenon, all I have to say is you say that you keep trying to inject some reality into the conversation, but the fact is reality will inject itself. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? What I mean is that like the more that you just, I mean, listen, this guy's going to spin his wheels around this for a long time without taking real action. As Mm. soon as he takes real action, reality will hit him in the face. Like it will be Mm. too, he'll, he'll like go to try to take a loan and the bank will be like, what's your business plan? And he'll be like, Mm. I don't know. I don't have a business plan. Like it's just like none, none of this will ever like, you're not, your life is not at risk of changing at all. But your husband is going through this experience of, of like sort of reassessing his values and Mm. so all of this is like part of the process of him um taking stock and unfortunately like you're just gonna have to listen to him as though this might really happen because it's like a real integral part of like his personal development sorry this is so this is so nice yeah so nice this this is so this happens all the time this isn't the first person that's ever had this problem you know like yeah yeah, and and i think and i think my answer would be different if it really seemed like they were in dire economic straits it sounds Mm -hmm. like they're not it just sounds like she doesn't want to take on the risk of like a business loan if, of if opening it, a restaurant, right? Like I Which couldn't is like not even, even a business. I, it's like so thank you. much overhead. Yeah. It was very hard for me <laughs> to give any sort of grounded anything because my answer is 
No, your husband can't no. open a restaurant. No, no. only multimillionaires can open Very restaurants. Very few he, people can oh, open God. restaurants. But he will learn that so fast as okay. soon as he yeah, tries yeah, to yeah. do anything real. Like, okay. soon, And he won't try to do anything real for a long time. And that's the annoying part. The annoying part will be that he'll keep quoting Instagram influencers to her and not actually doing anything. And she'll be like, oh, my God, just do something. Um, but that's the thing to be annoyed about. It's mm. not. It, this isn't actually a, a pro, like, this okay. isn't going to be I, the scary I thing. I would go, I love, love, love your advice. My initial <laughs> feeling was like, I am I am with this wife in remaining unsupportive of his of his dream. Well, like, yeah, you're so is pretty. Is it pretty or is it, yeah, it's pretty. Um, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, remain, yeah, I am right there with that. Yeah, remain yeah. unsupportive. Yes, it's a terrible goal. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It is. It it totally is. You and Prudy are absolutely right. Um, but your your advice actually is spot on, though. Like, yeah, the ability to open a restaurant will like will inject the, itself. Yeah, yeah, all the roadblocks will come up one after another. After oh my another, god! Yeah, it will just another. not. Yeah, but in the process, he's learning things like he really likes this idea of community space, of like hosting people, of helping mm-hmm. people connect. He's going to end up in HR just like Matt. <laughs> like it's fine like don't worry about it he's just yeah, like yeah, yeah, literally yeah, yeah. trying to figure out what his next career choice is going to be and it's surfacing his values oh and I'm maybe so excited he hasn't like done that yet i'm excited HR. for him too yeah his job in hr um it's working in corporate so culture is going to be it's going to pay better than running this restaurant and it's going to be a little bit fulfilling you don't make money running oh, no, a restaurant you'll, for like you'll the first run your five family years. bankrupt yeah, <laughs> yeah no yeah. you'll you'll face bankruptcy before you turn a profit there because yeah. i know that you're not like a you're not like a billionaire like you literally have to sink so much money into these things oh my god if you can't sell finance yeah you have to deal with all these fucking investors and those investors aren't going to come calling you until you have a business plan this guy doesn't sound like he's writing a business plan it really doesn't sound like he's so, writing a business plan i wouldn't Who's the worry chef? about it like what mm. Sorry. <laughs> That's not what it's about. It's about building a community space. Hope okay. it's like this person wants to run the friends coffee shop. Do you know what I mean? Mm, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what they Who mean. Who did own Matt that also... coffee shop? Well, that one guy worked there. The yeah, kind we... of like um, Gunther. What's his name? Gunther. Yeah. Yeah. Did Gunther own it? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. No way. I think he no managed way. it. Probably. Yeah. Look, now I'm kind of like, did Gunther own it? That'd be no wild. way. No way. Did Gunther own Central Perk is like an, a populate like a popular <laughs> search. Well, he certainly puts in a lot of hours at the coffee shop. It's actually Terry who owns it. And Terry. he does make two appearances in the show. Terry. Oh. I don't know. Terry. Who's Terry? Yeah. Who is Terry? I wow. have like a hot take here. I'm like not sure Friends is good. Oh, no. I don't. It's definitely not. I tried to oh, rewatch okay. it because like the Youngs are watching it, apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder if this holds up if the Youngs like it. And then I was like, nope, this isn't It doesn't good. hold up, right? Not at it all. It has a no. laugh track. I shouldn't even really say any of this. I have not tried to to rewatch it. I have a lot of trouble rewatching shows that have laugh tracks. I don't want you to tell me when to laugh. Right. No, totally. It's like after a certain point, I, you can't tolerate the laugh track anymore. I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. It's like it just happens at a certain point in your life. It's like a developmental stage, maybe, where you're just <laughs> like, after this point, no more laugh tracks. Can't right, tell right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you think everybody reaches that point in their life, but some people reach it later than others? Yeah, I do. I don't think you can skip it. All right, read read me something amazing. You got it. I will. Um, can I read you this one that I actually, I haven't read the question in advance very much, so uh, it'll surprise us both. Wonderful. 
I love a uh, I love a you, dual surprise. You, no, you sent it to me, so you oh, won't fuck, be surprised. I read it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna read it to you because you might have something to say about it. This question is from the Ask the Salty Waitress. Mm, yeah, um, which I'm so glad you unearthed this advice. Me column. too, it's and I'm cool. delighted that it exists. Yeah, and I also I think that we have a similar sensibility because they want to teach you how to not behave like quote a garbage person while dining out, and yeah. I too don't want people to be garbage people. Me too. Um, yeah, I also so. want, I, I like the idea of it because I also feel like it, it like humanizes restaurants yeah. and wait staff. Like, yeah. like I actually yeah. think when there's like an antagonistic feeling between, mm-hmm. uh, like front, front of house wait staff and customers that kind of like, mm, customers are annoying, waitresses are blah, blah, blah. It's like yeah, totally. doing nobody. No, like any good, and I'm it ruins like, the like cool, fun vibe of going out to eat. It just right. makes it a hassle. Yeah, I'm sort of like I don't know. Everybody's here to like ensure a good time. Servers yeah. would like you to have a good time, and yeah. we would like like and people eating out would like to have a good time. We'd like to have Wonderful. a good time. So We're all, let's all on the work same toward page. our common purpose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so I will redo this one from Ask a Salty Waitress. Okay, salty, dear salty. I have a friend who insists that you should ask your server for recommendations whenever you go out to eat, which he Mm. does every time. Yeah. He says it's a way to tell the quality of a restaurant. If a server doesn't have a favorite meal or two, he says it suggests they don't eat the food there and or the food isn't very good. Okay. I feel like it wastes the server's time, especially when the conversation inevitably lasts longer than something brief, like how's the chicken? Which one of us is right? While I'd love to be, it, well, I'd love it to be me, so I can stop groaning impatiently every time we go out to eat. I can admit my friend has a point. Thanks. Signed. I just want to order my damn meal. <laughs> um, I did not. I didn't read Salty's answer. Salty Waitress's answer. Though I like. I, I don't know. I suspect that it might be similar to to what I say based on some of her other answers. Mm-hmm. I think that your friend is totally fine. Like, I think it's totally appropriate to ask servers what their favorite dishes are. But I feel like that friend is doing it for a weird and wrong yeah. reason. Yeah. Like, it's like a, like, ha-ha, I, I gotcha. Judge you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need I think- to rank you. That's so strange. Like, well, if he, the waiter doesn't yeah. have an answer, do, do the two of them get up and leave? Like, are they like... Okay. No, he's just found a shortcut to having an opinion. Do you what see what I'm saying? Like, he wants to have sort of a cultured, sort of like wise opinion about the quality of restaurants. And he's decided mm. this is going to be his shortcut to it. He's like, I gamed it. Okay, got it, got it. I know everything I need to know by the fact that the waiter didn't have a favorite dish. Yeah, and and I don't have to spend the time evaluating the restaurant myself because mm. I found this clever way where like oh, I make yes. it their problem. You so know? Th- that's that's fucked. <laughs> I mean, that's a totally fucked, exactly. <laughs> right, right. That's a totally wrong thing. But is it inappropriate to? I, I mean, like on one hand, what the the caller is asking, it's totally fine as that person to not want to ask yeah. what your favorite dishes are. But at the same time, yeah, people people ask me all the time. I'm delighted yeah. to to share mm-hmm. about stuff. Um, yeah. So like he's just doing it for the damn wrong reasons, right? But in the end, no one will know that. So I guess it doesn't hurt anybody. I mean. It just means that he's kind of an annoying person, which so annoying. But this is, you know, they're friends, so. But I do think it's totally appropriate, and it's awesome when people ask right. about specific dishes. I think it's well, really, really nice. 
And yeah. let me put let me put some words in your mouth, Alyssa. It, mm-hmm. it seems to me that your approach to dining is that like everyone should be able to have kind of the good time they want to have. And yeah. you seem to feel you you have expressed to me that you feel like it's your job as a server to kind of like help suss that out and then facilitate that experience. Yeah. Um, and that means like if you're the kind of person that wants to engage and ask about the plates, like great, I'm here for it. And if you're the kind of person that's like I just want to order and kind of want to be left alone, you're like I got you. I can read you. Like I I understand. Correct. Um, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And this guy really th- throws that whole. Uh... <laughs> well, it just makes you suspicious. Yeah, you're just like, am I doing this for your enjoyment, or am I doing this for my own ridicule? I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> Should we get straight to outrage? Is it time? Sure, mm-hmm. let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. I'm warmed <laughs> up. I feel like I've I've been very diplomatic mm-hmm. so far. So yeah. I can put I can try to bring that to the table now. All right, diplomacy. Here we go. Here we this go. is from the Washington Post, a Carolyn Hacks, signed So Hurt. Dear Carolyn, I stumbled on a comment my husband left on a blog he reads. The context is complicated, but the gist of his comment was that when he was choosing his wife, me, He was not worried about finding someone he considered his intellectual equal, but rather someone who would be loving and supportive toward him on a daily basis. (laughs) I have never, ever heard him express anything like this in public and wouldn't have married him if I had. We are equals. Ours is not an old-fashioned help-meet marriage, and we are not even religious. We both work in academia, and I consider myself an intelligent person. He is too. I am shocked and hurt by this and haven't begun to untangle what to say to him about it. The blog is public. This wasn't snooping. Just unfortunate chance. Signed, so hurt. God, yeah. And they have every right to be hurt. This is such a weird thing to say. Mm -hmm. And um, I... The choice of the word intellectual equal, like the equal part is the is the most unfortunate part of this. Yep. I do though if if someone were to ask me like when my uh when my sort of readiness to become married shifted though, yeah. it was like actually this. And I don't mean intellectual equal, but mm-hmm. what I mean is like when you prioritize a loving and supportive partner over prioritizing someone who shares your interests or yeah. like can like, you know, be witty with you or like has read the same shit as you, it just really changes the whole game and you start dating people that you actually like spending time with. Like yep. when you sort of like, so I think it's like, I think what he's describing is just sort of like a shift in priorities. It is really gross and telling though that like instead of saying that, he used this intellectual equal term. But I also oh man i don't know i mean i agree like i i'm with you i think that there yeah that that like what he like you said what he may have been looking for shifted and that like in finding her uh yeah in this sort of other supportive way may have been sort of whatever mind mind changing and it doesn't mean that she's not smart it just means that like first and foremost he was like oh i can like you're not going to treat me like shit like there's tons of smart people you're just like first and foremost a kind person and oh my god thank god you're smart like that it's sort of like as though like thinking like the fact that you're smart was a given i don't need to look for that like i'm not really gonna encounter that it's just so unfortunate like he could have said i found a partner with whom like doesn't you know challenge my every academic thought 
in the past I've had partners where everything was sort of an academic battle where we yeah. sort of like fought out, you know, whose idea reigns supreme and this person is accepting of mm-hmm. my, you know, there are so many ways. And we can talk about so much more it. because we do have a safe relationship in yeah. which to exchange ideas, you know, like actually the truth is it like opens up intellectual activity rather than shutting it down. Um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, but yeah, oof, this oh, is Oh, but wait, what should she great. do? She should probably surface this. Um, yeah, me, I agree. You know, like I, I, of course he's going to try to explain it away and um, she should keep putting the pressure on him um, to really like examine why he said it the way he said it. Yep. Um, but I don't think this is going to, I don't think this one is going to end in divorce. I think this one's just going to like, uh, he, until he sort of has like a aha moment about why yeah. this was shitty and like, maybe he needs to reevaluate some things. It's going to be very tense, but I, I, I think he might be capable of it. Have you ever found something on the internet that was about you? No. Me neither. What a wild thing to encounter. Yeah. I Like know, someone what... talking about you in the third person like yeah no no yeah yeah, yeah no yeah. I'm not married to someone in academia well, and that's like, not what I mean nor I just... <laughs> nor do I know people who blog who or comment on blogs or like commented on an Instagram post in a way that was like oh yeah my friend so-and-so does that all the time I hate it and you're like oh my god that friend was me no, but I worry we're doing that to our friends all the time with oh, this show. Oh, we are. I hope they know that we do it because we love them so much. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost yeah. everything. I think, I mean, uh, uh, maybe 100% <laughs> of the things I've said about friends on this show I were all intended to demonstrate how deeply I love them. Ditto. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I am like, I want to apologize if that's not what came across. But I Me also too. just want to like say. But I, but I think it does come across. I think it does too. I hope Yikes, now I feel really self-conscious. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. It's great. I like yeah, to... Yeah. You got to do it sometimes. I would like to read you... <gasps> Should you read us our write-in? Yeah, listeners, we received a write-in. Um, yeah. Uh, I will read it to you now. Okay. It is, oh. it is from The Other Twin. Okay. Dear so-and-so, in the past few years, my twin sister has gained weight. Recently, because of the pandemic, I've moved back home and now spend much more time around her. I often hear her talk about how she's frustrated that even though she's been doing, quote, everything right, exercising regularly, counting calories, etc., she isn't losing any weight, and she has recently mentioned wanting to get on a weight loss medicine. Okay. Well, while I offer a sympathetic ear, this troubles me. For context, we're in our mid-20s. I'm a boy. Our father is a doctor whose obsessions with health and weight have contributed to her negative body image throughout her life. Yes, and they she- have. Yes, indeed. And she believes that losing weight will help her be more successful in her career as an actor. Okay. I want to tell her that it's okay to be fat and not lose weight, that studies show diets fail a vast majority of the time, and that the Mm -hmm. real issue at hand is the fat phobia she's internalized, and that she's beautiful and talented no matter what. But I worry that because I've had a different relationship with my own body, weight, um, and because I'm her sibling, like... By that, they mean I'm the boy. Um, Mm -hmm. And because I'm her sibling, she won't really listen or be receptive to what I have to say or to any body positive articles, videos, infographics, etc. I may send her um, these things. I think body positive articles, videos, infographics. As anyone else in my family and her own doctor seem to agree implicitly or explicitly that she needs to be or should be losing weight. Um, Plus, she's been on the internet, so it's not like the body positivity movement is foreign to her. Like, she can Mm -hmm. find this stuff herself, you know? Right, right, right. Um, right. How do I show my sister my support and concern without upsetting her or paving, uh, having her dismiss me? 
How does one even initiate such a difficult conversation with their sibling? Should one initiate such a conversation? Any advice is appreciated. Do you have thoughts on this? I think I do. Um, I think they should listen to their instincts here. Like, I, I actually do think there's reasons why maybe Caller isn't the right person to be putting forward the body positivity agenda to I their agree. sister. And I think that they know that. And that's why mm-hmm. they feel uncomfortable about it. I think that um, the best thing to do is to just stop talking about your sister's body. Yes. Um, you know, but I do stop think, talking about stop, my body. Right. Like, just like, don't just don't engage her on it at all. Yes. Like, just be like, we have a relationship that's like, honestly, just sort of not about your body. That's that's like not really my thing to comment on. However, yeah. and I think but I th- what am I trying to say? But I'm like, I do kind of wonder if there's like friends you can introduce her to. Like, I think I guess what I'm saying is I think she needs to learn about body positivity from peers. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like it was or like TikTok. In- or TikTok. <laughs> so um, sorry. But I, <laughs> and maybe you will, like, I think some lucky people do encounter body positivity blog posts or body positivity um, social media accounts that really change their mind. I think mm-hmm. that for me, it wasn't until, like, I was sort of agonizing over this and talking about it a lot at a certain point in my life. And then friends just came forward, like, very, like, strongly friends I trusted a lot that I had, like, a mm-hmm. really long relationship with that were just, like, enough you need to follow Virgie Tovar and then let's talk about it. Like, you know, like they mm-hmm. were just, they set, they just like set this new bar for me. And I yeah. really appreciated that. It was so great. And it took a lot of time, but it's like, it w- it really took like my other female friends, you know, like, and I think that they're even like my mom or something, like I just, that wouldn't have been the right person. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder if there's an avenue where you like, um, you're the same age. So like, can you like introduce her to your friend? Like, can you like socialize her more around people who also share body positivity values and then like kind of that's I think that's as far as you can take it like yeah, I, I guess I what I'm saying yep 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 yeah. also to point out like beyond body body positivity is one avenue and one route to go toward you know being stoked about your body but right. there are other uh philosophies and ideas there's like radical body acceptance that doesn't mm-hmm. rely on any idea of beauty being something that should matter in the world right. but yeah. wear the clothes that you like because they, they're fun right <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah exactly yep. so I agree I do think I think it can I think that this that this caller like you said sort of knows that they might not be the ideal person mm-hmm. and in and like knowing that is important yeah I do yeah. think like it can be really hard to swallow advice from some people totally. um, and knowing that you're not necessarily the person to give that advice is important yeah and and I applaud caller for sort of knowing that you know yeah. like totally yep. Yep, um, yep, yep. think that's really awesome what worked for me, and I don't think it would work for everybody, was I got just like really into fi- when I had gained a lot of weight and was like not sure because it it hurts to look in the mirror and just be like I don't recognize myself and I don't mm. know how to dress my body anymore. Okay, like because I used to be able to at least dress my body for like the gender that I thought I was and like okay. that you know I just I could sort of like you know um, make my outside match the things I thought about myself inside and then okay. like yeah, yeah, yeah. when my body changed I was like fuck I don't know how to dress androgynously anymore you know yeah. like I don't because I I'm so curvy now. Like I, 
Um, there's sort of no getting around these things in my body. And so I can't like kind of express my gender right or like I can't express like myself right. Um, And the thing that helped me through that period was actually just fucking getting really into fashion and like fashion Mm. on all bodies, actually. I think that too. (laughs) I guess like I don't know how to answer this if you are going to adopt the the sort of like what I look like shouldn't matter philosophy. Mm -hmm. Like there's sort of a like all body, like body types shouldn't matter. But there's also sort of this this... um, there's also a strain of it that's just sort of like appearances are nothing, in which case I don't know what to tell you meditate. Like, I honestly am just like, I don't know how you disassociate from having a body and having opinions about it. Mm-hmm. Or like, how sure. do you about how you look? I mean, you know, like, I guess why I guess I don't feel so. So like while body positivity and like radical body acceptance are like two ideas that are completely contradicting of one another. I don't think in holding both of those ideas like in acknowledging them in our kind of in our society um necessarily conflicts with one another because your relationship to yourself and your body is kind of like ever ebbing and flowing so i i personally really love the idea of like i can love how i look sometimes and i can be empowered about like not giving a fuck about beauty or how I look other times I like I don't think that they have to contradict oh I think that's true I also do think that um there are some people for whom that like living in those in those contradictions is like more comfortable than other people right yeah Um, so like I I I think like you am kind of a chameleon and I do sort of thrive when I'm like feel like yeah sometimes it can matter sometimes it doesn't like don't fucking pin me down you know yeah Um, yeah yeah, and and that may be less comfortable for other people but it's whether it's comfortable for you or not I think it's a great thing to it's a great growth edge maybe a great stretch Mm -hmm. you know to be a little more comfortable not always having to depend on um certain things to give you a a sense of success or worth right yeah Um, yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. so I don't know thank you so much for writing in thank you this was really great Um, I know it's beautiful and and hard like yeah Yeah. it's hard to to be that family member too oh yeah should i read you another hacks yeah (laughs) so this is from the washington post and it's a carolyn hacks dear carolyn my daughter and son-in-law live about an hour from us and we meet once a month or so at a midpoint restaurant for dinner i always enjoyed this time and thought it was a nice custom over the holidays i caught my son-in-law talking to our waiter giving him an extra tip and said something about how sorry he was for the table and the low tip i (laughs) I see i know i know i told my husband on the way home and the next day I called my daughter to see what that was all about because my husband and I have very hurt feelings over the exchange. She told me that she doesn't think my husband and I realize it, but our restaurant habits are not very thoughtful. I demanded specifics and she told me that we split an entree and order water only so the bill is really low. She also said that we're demanding to the wait staff, which is especially bad because we aren't giving the establishment much money to make up for it. I am insulted by this. I don't see how splitting an entree is rude. I also don't see why I shouldn't, as a restaurant patron, do what I want. That's the entire point of a restaurant, to serve their customers. The customer is always right. She also told me that 20% is a standard tip. My husband and I tip 10% for a normal service and 15% for good, maybe 20 if they washed our car while we were eating or something. Do you think that's ever happened to them? That somebody's washed that's their so car? so bizarre, yeah. While that's eating? Really weird. 
Maybe we should suggest that idea to that husband who really wants to open a restaurant. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's his in. Car wash, totally. I like it. It's like Car wash durant. Yeah. I'll come up with a better name. It's like when you go to do your laundry and there's also a bar there. Like, it's just, Well, that's a genius idea. This one. It's very good. Yeah, I know. Okay. My daughter said that she is sorry I overheard the exchange, but they didn't know what else to do. My husband and I don't feel like we were dining incorrectly and that it's rude for the daughter and son-in-law to create correct our behavior behind our backs. This doesn't make me want to meet up for dinner with them anymore. And I can't get over my bad feelings about all this. Where do we all go from here? Yep. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> they Sorry. are just wrong. Um, like, <laughs> I know. I'm is, like, oh, you have to get over you, your bad feelings because well, you are incorrect. You're incorrect. <laughs> like more people just need to tell you that like tipping has changed and now yeah. 20% is a standard tip. Like yeah. more people do, like you're just a little bit out of touch and yeah. um, it is your prerogative, I guess, to split an entree. That's fine. But then I, like. I agree. Like, so when it came to that, I, I. Well, I think she led should get to eat and right. drink w- what, what they, they want. want. But I think yeah, she for... led with that because she knew that was like knew that kind that of a low was... blow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like I she think knew actually... that that one was the one place where she got to win. Yeah, yeah. but actually, I'm sure her daughter led with what ten percent tips aren't normal. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And they aren't. So yes. um, update your life. Yeah, and listen, the customer is not always right. Yeah, oh, also that's a red flag. Yeah, that's not true. You're not always going right. to get also, what you want. you can't, like, touch my ass. Like, you can't, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's just, like, this yeah. is such a weird fucking thing to think is yeah, always true. Yeah, you can't true. demand my attention no. for 24-7 of your meal. Like, no, that's unreasonable. Have you ever been out? with friends and seen them tip badly and then tipped a lot more <laughs> yeah oh yeah every time I look over and someone's tipping 15 percent I'm like cool oh, so it's you're like well here's my Great. 30 yeah <laughs> yeah obviously, obviously one time obviously. on a date in New York we split the bill but he was putting it on a card so uh-huh. I gave him cash uh-huh. and I gave him enough cash to tip 20 percent and then he tipped like 12%. So basically he like made money oh, off yeah. me. Oh yeah. I don't give people the cash for the tip. I put the cash on the table. Amateur move. Yeah, don't ever me. do that again. And then they can pick oh, it I up. Oh, I would never like, go on oh, a I'll date again. Tip, I would but... never go on a date again. Don't worry. Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa, this has been a joy. It has been a joy. Thank you so much for this excellent conversation. And thank you to our listeners. You can find us online at dearsoandso.pizza or at our Instagram account, dearsoandsopodcast. Our theme song is by our friend, Busy Hemphill. And as always, I'm Alyssa Bloomstein. And I'm Steph Karp. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.